Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to an extra, extra for real special episode of Colton Classic Podcast. Uh, longtime listeners know I start pretty much every episode with. I am super excited for this. We have an extra special episode. All those things uh, are... Mm, little white lies because all of our episodes are special but if everyone is special no one is special uh but in this case it is special because it is our 100th numbered episode what does that mean it means i didn't count many sods this is 100 of our regular episodes uh we are super appreciative to all of you listeners out there who have made this possible and i cannot 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 wait to share with you guys what's going on later this year and especially next year we have all the stuff we've been working on behind the scenes for the two years we've been in operation making cool things happen uh they're all gonna come out and it's gonna be so neat and you're gonna get a chance to get cool stuff uh movies i don't know do you guys like movies i'm not sure um but yeah no you're gonna get it's just you're going to be blown away. Uh, that is a bad teaser because I'm giving you no details, but I will say this. Uh, thank you guys. If you listen to the podcast regularly, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, follow us on YouTube, Colton Classic Podcast. We will be updating to uh, include our entire episode library of main episodes on video. So you can see all our smiling faces and those most of our guests. And uh, we also have a new newsletter that is in the works. And if you want to pre-sign up for that newsletter list, go to coltonclassicpodcast.com. Click the newsletter link and give us your, uh, your info. Give us your number. Just kidding. Just give us your email and we will get you some cool stuff down the road. Be the first to know. Be cooler than your friends. All right. I'm your host, Nick Wyckoff, film critic and comedian of Cult and Classic Podcast. And here on this 100th episode special, we have a full house. The only person from our regular four panelists that wasn't able to make it today is Mandy Longley, but she did send in a message. So we will get to that shortly. Uh, but first, we have Greg Johnson. How are you doing, Greg? Oh, you know, I'm here. Ah, <laughs> so it's great. And Tad Mastriani. How are you doing, Tad? This feels like uh, that episode, you know, of that TV show where they did the the the, the recap, the spectacular, where they just kind of recap old stuff. <laughs> you mean Family Guy? Uh, I'm just kidding. Family Rama? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we have also uh, one of the originals with us, Jeff Tucker. How are you doing, Jeff? Oh, Jeff is muted. That's I can't Jeff hear anything doing. Jeff's saying. He's not really muted. Oh. There we go. 
How are you doing, Jeff? Uh, I dressed up for this. Tad's just wearing a red T-shirt. Like, what the <laughs> hell? This is a like a special occasion. We're yeah, doing if you're watching special. on video, Tad's wearing a red T-shirt against a red background. Mm. Um, yes, it's a <laughs> Pizza Planet shirt. Okay. Um, and and to be fair, Jeff does have a nice button-up shirt over a black T-shirt with a tie printed on it. So um, classy you know, as fuck. <laughs> i'm wearing a hawaiian shirt i got i got parrots on my shirt too you know it, we're keeping it tropical keep They're it Jimmy tropical. Buffett. not planned yeah. not planned you got pineapples i got the uh parrots we can have a meal well yep uh i don't know where to go with that that is that is so off topic this is one of those episodes guys where my brain is pure mush um i'm drinking the only thing that we had in our fridge which is waterloo sparkling water black cherry and i just want to say guys um any representatives from waterloo if you're listening this is the worst thing i've ever put in my mouth it is i i licked a doorknob as a joke one time this is worse this is the i i mean i love you guys i've tried some other flavors very nice the black cherry i don't know why like please if you're listening send us an email colton classic podcast at gmail.com you got to tell me why people buy this do they mix it with something is it it tastes like NyQuil without the alcohol. Um, so I don't Black know. What to tell you. Anything is it's disgusting. pretty. I knew it was a huge <laughs> risk. I didn't know that I'd be, you know, drinking paint thinner. Um, but anyway, I, I'm off topic once again. Let's get to Mandy's uh, clip. What I've tasked each of us to do for this very special 100th episode special is pick uh, our two favorites that we have covered, uh, different for each of us, I'm sure, and our two worst films that we have covered. And I'm very curious to see uh, if there's any overlap in what we all think. Uh, and I'm sure people have some, some differing takes on my instructions because uh, as a teacher, uh, I can say that I am often misunderstood. So here we go. Long-term correspondent Mandy Longley phoning in here for her 100th episode picks. Hey, everybody. This is Mandy. I'm recording this solo this week for the 100th episode special for me. I am away on vacation, but he really wanted all of our feedback. So here I am to give it to you, but I'm not going to follow his instructions. Uh, he told me to pick one favorite and one least favorite or movie that I really hated and talk about them but instead I just totally went off the book because that's what we do um, I don't tend to remember negative things very well in my life uh, be them movies or events or emotions uh, and I tend to just naturally focus on the positives so when I look through our big list of movies I kind of remembered like things not being to my taste but not having like a strong reaction to them uh, so what I did is just picked a whole bunch of stuff I remembered really really liking and kind of put it into three subgroups uh, that I will go through for this little mini bonus video um, so number one of course if you are a regular listener this will be no surprise to you at all it is the poop category uh, Nate tends to pick these movies specifically for me and my brother and we are very grateful to him. Uh, so the two favorites are, because uh, we watched kind of a lot of poop videos uh, or movies, <laughs> themed movies, be <laughs> because Nate is awesome, um, where it came from Uranus, which was an early one with puppets, which was just super, super fun. Um, the voice acting was not awesome for all the characters, but it was start to finish 
poop and fart jokes with ridiculous plays on words, uh, plot twists, uh, and um, just general silliness, which I thought was wonderful. Uh, the other one was a more recent one, uh, and that was zombie-ass Toilet of the Dead. I remember everybody in this movie looking like they were having the best time of their life and it having a very anime type feel to it, even though it was a live action uh, movie. Uh, they had a very creative uh, zombie origin story, which is always nice to see. I'm also a zombie movie fan in general. So whenever uh, movie creators come up with a new way that the zombies are created, perpetuated, or like driven, uh, I am always totally down for that and uh, excited to take part in viewing. Cool, so that was category one. Obviously, I highly re recommend these poop theme movies, but these were both pretty funny ones um, on the comedy end of things, even though one of them uh, was a zombie film, it is still uh, pretty much a comedy as well. And uh, like I said, it had a very anime feel to it. Okay, so category number two was just like the independent films that I felt so grateful for Nate introducing us to through this format of doing the podcast with him. These are movies that I would not have come across otherwise in my, more, my normal viewing habit, but I am just so happy that they are now part of my life and my memories and my understanding of the film industry, especially the independent film industry and how that is different than like mainstream. Uh, so my top five from that category were All About Evil, Prevenge, The Influencer, Moist Fury, and Killer Pinata. All of these were super fun. They really like uh, span a, a wide range of genres, a wide range of cast and um, acting talent, as well as budgets. Uh, but they were all just uh, amazing experiences. I highly recommend all of them um, to go and check them out and support those movie makers uh, and look for any new things that come along from them. Okay, so last category, category three, was just fun horror films. Um, I personally used to love just like straight up horror horror films uh, probably like 15 years ago and then uh, moved away from that just they weren't really uh, as entertaining to me anymore. I don't know if I just became a nervous older person uh, but I just wasn't as engaged or enjoying being scared uh, or being freaked out uh, especially if they were kind of close closer to reality type versus a uh, really um, outrageous kind of uh, horror uh, plot lines. So it was really uh, great that Nate kind of put these fun uh, comedy horrors or just like they, they might have been meant to be like straight horror films, uh, but they ended up looking <laughs> like comedy films are coming off as comedy films uh, on our list. So thank you, Nate. Uh, so the three that I have that were stands out, standouts for that, and I would highly recommend if you maybe aren't uh, like a real heavy horror fan or you're looking for something a little bit different within the horror genre would be uh, Hard Rock Zombies, uh, which was again, a hilarious new take, independent filmmakers take on the zombie genre, as well as just a wild ride of a story and plot line and characters set and everything. 
Um, the other uh, two that I have are uh, Head of the Family, which is really super silly, and Terror Vision, which was also pretty super silly uh, type horror films. Um, both of those were meant as comedies uh, originally and came off as such and were just like far enough out there that uh, they, they kind of kept me guessing about what was happening, but also just really engaged and entertained the entire time. So uh, thank you so much for being a fan of Cult and Classic, tuning in, doing downloads every week, um, listening to our silly takes and giving Nate a hard time about the terrible movies that he has us watch that I clearly don't remember. Uh, we really appreciate all our fans and um, thank you for being on this journey with us. Take care. Happy 100 episodes. Bye. Thank you, Mandy. Uh, it's interesting because I apparently chose to play her submission first because I wanted the rest of our submissions to look bad because she really went into detail, which is awesome. Uh, there were some of my favorites in there too that she listed. Prevenge, of course, All About Evil, um, Killer Pinata, uh, Angry Meal Productions, shout out, follow them on social media. They're working on um, the uh, second attempt, uh, but uh, very far along killer pinata too so uh just really great stuff uh thank you so much mandy now we'll move on because i think there's going to be more discussions uh, and back and forth as we really dive in and i want to start with tad tad why don't you give us your two tops and two worst this was actually difficult <clears throat> i actually had to kind of do some math nate because i haven't been here for every single episode but over that amount of movies even 123 some in the first 100 episodes and we talked and this is just the review episodes not bonuses where we talked about extra things we might have talked about five movies these are just the the solid full you know uh pairings that we've had we've had a tw 122 actually movies so the problem that i ran into is i've watched some movies that i never actually ended up being on the episode because i had issues to deal with and, and mm -hmm. life so there there were there were things in there people have never actually heard my my uh, my analysis or my feelings on uh i'm not gonna give that today but <laughs> i'm just saying that exists um this was difficult it turns out that i'm actually way more optimistic than i thought i was I like about 15% of the movies that we've watched. That's actually way higher than I expected. And I actually like more movies than I hate. But I also have a very large list of movies that I'm kind of creatively on the fence for various reasons that Nate understands because I've already talked about them. Um, I didn't want to include the ultimate fight because I've already stated in other episodes that that's basically, of all the movies we've ever reviewed, it is, my, it is the closest to my heart. So I'm, I wanted to select two other movies that were not the ultimate fight because it's kind of unfair to bring it back up again. So I, I almost went, picked ultimate fight. It was, I, was, <laughs> I was pretty close to it, honestly. And, and the reason is because we still haven't reviewed Warrior Brother. Nathan, please. Nice. City of Dragons slash Warrior Brother. That mm -hmm. I, 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 will, uh, I will reveal it here, guys. That is in the coming months. That is on the docket. Yes. Um, and uh, when we talk about the ultimate fight with Ernie Reyes Jr., it's also original title uh, is The Process. So I had to dig through a bunch of movies and, and I really had to cut it down. And honestly, the two movies that I love the most is basically Terror Vision and Bad Channels. I can't get around it because both of them had such 
amazing visuals and such amazing music. And I had, I had a lot of runners up. Like I didn't realize how many of these movies I love, but those are the ones that always stick in my mind. And Vicious Lips is a, is a close fourth because it's actually a movie I kind of want to revisit because I specifically remember loving it and then going, wow, this ending really sucks. But I would like to give it a second try and go, does this ending suck as much as I thought it did on my first view? Yes, that's the Albert Pion film, uh, Vicious Lips, which we paired with uh, another movie, which I'm sure will get named here today. Uh, and it's interesting because those three films have been released by Full Moon that you mentioned just now. And Mandy also mentioned Head of the Family uh, and, and Terror Vision, which both uh, were Full Moon. So Full Moon is well represented here on Cult and Classic Podcast, and we, we stand Full Moon. So as for, as for the ones I absolutely revile, I have to basically come out and say that there are movies now that I can safely say I hate more than Shark Exorcist, which was for almost two years, the grand champion of fucking movies I hate. The, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I looked I, and I thought real hard about it and I actually hate Monster Hunter more than Shark Exorcist. And I hate Cats, number one. Number one, Cats is the most reviled movie I have ever watched uh, in my life. That is Tom Holland's uh, 20, what is it, 2019 uh, live action version of the stage musical Cats. Yes, that was and a rough it, one. It was, well, and the thing is, that was actually one of the more fun uh, reviews to do because let's face it, if we're going to watch a bad movie, it needs to be a bad movie that actually makes us want to talk about something because I have a list of movies that I just felt were bad and, and yeah. it's frankly offensive to me. That's not the same offensive that other people are talking about. Like offensive to me is like, this is causing me physical pain to watch. But Cats did cause me physical pain, but it also gave me a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of jokes to make. So I got to give it credit for that. For I, being and of course, I'm a, I'm a fan of Cats because it is truly like a cinematic nightmare. Um, and I, <laughs> it's- That was a good list. one. That was a good one. It was, but that's the thing too, is you're kind of getting to, I think a point which we've talked about before, right? Uh, which is there are bad movies that are just, they're not, they're no fun to watch. And yes. then there are bad movies that have a, a certain amount of pacing or visual flair that you can really get in there and, and rip it apart. It's not good. And certain things make you angry, but at the same time you finish it. Uh, and it's not like, you know, you're not, you don't have a twig between your teeth biting down while you have, you know, to get, get yourself through it. This isn't Hard Rock Zombies where it's an objectively bad movie, but there's just so much memorable, memorable about it that it just becomes its own classification. Right, let's the just, Bollywood Hitler it, zombie film. Let's just put it that way. Well, so Monster Hunter, let's talk about that because I also, wow. I didn't put it on my list, but I hate, I hate Monster Hunter as well. I love Mila Jovovich. I actually have come around to not despise Paul Anderson as a director, uh, Paul W. Anderson anymore. Um, he's, he, I, I liked his remake of Death Race. It was fun. Uh, but this movie was, I, in fact, I think Mandy liked it okay. It was just a bad movie to me. I, I was, I mean, Ron Perlman and Mila Jovovich could not, did nothing to save uh, uh, this one, he had like a blonde wig or something. He can't oh, say was a when he's not in it enough to do anything. Yeah, yeah he, the, you know, the he, fifteen uh, minutes of actual Monster Hunter at the end were not quite. That's not yeah, how it was like, That's not how this works. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty rough. Um, it was it was. I felt like somebody spilled pitch black all over. Uh, like a PS2 generation Monster Hunter like narrative. 
and then we got we got that that's a deep dive for a lot of you listeners and i know but um yeah so i i feel that i feel that uh it was a film it was a film i I, it was a big budget film um i'm just i'm just glad that we got a review copy and i didn't have to purchase it um because i was very displeased i was actually looking forward to that i thought this will be some mindless fun and it was mindless uh and that was was i had i had severe trouble actually getting my brain to work it's interesting you mentioned Vicious Lips because I actually don't like Vicious Lips. I don't hate it. Um, it, it's, it falls in the category of like 80s to early 90s films where there are visuals that I really enjoy and moments that are fun. But overall, I'm kind of like, what happened? Uh, because nothing, like it just, as you said, the ending is terrible. And it, that movie was originally planned to be called Pleasure Planet. And I think it was actually released somewhere along those lines. And the end is like, they basically it's a band that bickers about having a new singer and then they crash land on a planet. And then the last 20 minutes, they happen to be on a former pleasure planet where there are zombie monster like visions. Mm-hmm. I, it just, it, the narrative, the, the stage said they should have stuck with the band stuff. That was fun. And the, the one song that they played was fun. You know, I think that maybe it shouldn't have been a movie. Maybe if someone did vicious lips, the Broadway show, maybe it would be better you know i'm i'm gonna have to defer on that because that sounds <laughs> very questionable uh, i i could see you know what i could actually see vicious lips as i could see vicious lips as a fantastic comic book illustrated by like a, a, an 80s 90s great like bill Sinkwicks, you know yeah. like something really like wild um david mack even like on some of the covers just something that's got a lot of that 80s heavy metal vibe you know um yeah 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 so i can see that uh you also mentioned terrorvision which uh mandy mentioned as well uh great great movie mary warrenov who i had the pleasure to meet a couple of weeks ago uh plays the mom and that's that's a delight i think that's one of full moon's most successful successful movies uh and uh yeah we can move on from there um let's go to greg greg what are your tops and to steal uh, something from the Mom Podcast Network with the chops. <laughs> um, much like Mandy, I uh, I just basically didn't listen to you, Nate, and did you know whatever I fucking wanted. Um, <laughs> so I, I I picked I did I did pick two tops and two bottoms, um, and then a couple honorable mentions in there. Um, tops was really easy. Um, I went right for rare exports and prevenge. Um, like Mandy said, I I think you you picked a lot of horror films that I wouldn't necessarily go out and see for a good scare but i would watch for a great film and i think rare exports and pre-bend were both really well paced they were smart and they were not what i expected um which you know i I think between all of us when we're watching films being surprised is um a genuine delight at this point um my honorable mentions um barb and star go to vista del mar um that that was also again not what i thought it was going to be and it was very very funny um i was floored by that one um (laughs) and then i i i I hemmed and hawed over rock and rule i think there's a lot of stuff to love about that film but i don't necessarily think i would hard recommend it to anyone like the other three but you know, I, I remembered it fondly. Um, and really my top list was just like, Hey, what would I recommend to people that we'd seen? Um, 
And then let's see, going down to the bottoms. Um, I picked Buck and the Preacher. That was a pretty recent one. Um, I I really expected a lot from that. I thought that would just be just a big hard jerk off of really great acting. Maybe not a good film, but you know, just really solid acting. And it just it bored the shit out of me. Um, so that got up there pretty quick. Um, and then um, a friend of the pod, Chris Seavers, uh, the Weird Seas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you, Chris. I, yeah, I, I talked at length about not liking that one and thinking about it even more. Yeah, that was that was the bottom for me, especially thinking in hindsight. I did like Moist Fury. Um, now that I've had some time away from it, that one was it was it was funny. It was it. I enjoyed it in hindsight. I I didn't go back and listen to quite what I said, but I'm sure I was a little harsh on that one. But Weird Seas, I'll stick by everything I said. <laughs> It's interesting because your both of your bottom picks are uh, I I I enjoyed very much. Um, I, I <laughs> well, that's why I picked them. I know. <laughs> I know you. Oh, uh, oh, I I did uh, just real quick. The the two honorable mentions for <laughs> shitty was um jujitsu with Nicholas Cage. Oof. Famously, I you, you all know I've seen and I own every oh, single Nick Cage film. Jujitsu, <laughs> I. I couldn't tell you a fucking thing about that movie. It was <laughs> it, it was not... the invincible ninja that like missed every single shuriken throw. <laughs> oh god, it was like I I should have thrown that to my top most painful one, but honestly, it's like this black void of nothingness and I don't I don't even want to acknowledge it. Um yeah. And then uh, my other little honorable mention was um, Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, which is a weird... I As your best I, or your worst? My worst. Um, because, see, it's, it's a movie that if anyone was, like, gun to my head, should I watch this? I'm like, absolutely. Sit down and watch this. But it is some of the most atrocious, like, time capsule stupidity of just, like, like big government not understanding the problems of its people and doing something just stupid just absolutely stupid so yeah i work with a lot of people from uh who live in utah and idaho and and uh, the in big they all love it right no no <laughs> what i was gonna say is is that is that they showed me and i forget what they're called and i can't remember if it was directly the the um Church of Latter-day Saints or another related entity that put them out uh, or if they were just in Utah because of the state but they had like they had these really hard like ridiculously extreme anti-drug ads and one of them they one of them I remember he showed they showed me was um uh and it popped up again on my feed somewhere recently was uh a mom like crying over like a dead like teenager and it says um uh, when will your mom find you dead marijuana on the bottom and and it was just one of those things where the cartoon all-stars sort of feels like that in a way like they get into like you know harder drugs like it looks like they have some some i don't know crystal i don't know what i don't know what actually is in the show um but like just knowing that 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 the extreme amount having george c scott as an evil smoke monster that encourages you to do harder and harder drugs um and yell at your sister or something oh, right yeah he pushed her you yeah. know which i mean <laughs> very very arthur punching dw energy oh my god and dw deserved it that has scarred <laughs> me for life she breaks his thing and then oh, oh yeah man, hit her 
I mean, I still feel, I mean, come on, man. They, I'm, I was always like, Arthur is a saint because his parents need to rein in that little monster. <laughs> Horrible. Anyway. Um, yeah. And I want to mention to Barb and Star, Good Feast Del Mar is absolute fun. I totally adore that movie. Um, I adore the cast. Everybody's phenomenal. I love, I always have to give a shout out to Jamie Dornan's Seagull song and dance in that it is one of the best if you haven't seen the movie at least go like youtube like jamie dornan siegel and and just watch it it's just absolutely beautiful um yeah total total fave and uh yeah jujitsu is a really horrible movie i kind of have a black void for me too it's it's interesting tad mentioned this as well that there are a couple of movies every for... frame of that film would you like me to walk through it well i remember that a lot of them were the same yeah, quick walk. Um, <laughs> There's, there's a, we were so excited about that too. Yeah. Um, there, there's. I, there's I like was some, very excited about that movie. There's like some, there's some things where movies that were like so good that I absolutely love, like Tad said about the ultimate fight slash the process um, where, and this is actually Prevenge. I absolutely adore Prevenge and all about evil both. And I didn't put them on my list um, sort of because in my mind it was, they deserve to be there, but it was an obvious choice that I already knew. I loved those movies from the start. Um, and interesting note, uh, depending on where you live in the United States and some parts of Canada, go hit up Dollar Trees because uh, there was a overflow of, of runs on Prevenge on Blu-ray and you can pick it up for like buck 25 and it is such a fantastic movie. Absolutely support it any way you can. Is that one still on Shudder too? I believe it's on Shudder. Um, yeah. And also uh, just a shout out, Make sure you guys watch uh, the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards uh, in the next was it the next month or so on uh, Shutter because friend of the pod Michael Verratti uh, wrote the the shorts and things for that and uh, Fiend of the Pod Peaches Christ is a presenter so absolutely check that out now yeah, we're not uh, we're not sponsored by Shutter but 100 percent um, look into Shutter if you never have it's fucking great. <laughs> And they have really good stuff and their series are really good. They have a lot of really great series. If Netflix is, is, is your spent or is letting you down. Um, I will also say um, shutter reps. Um, I would love a, a guest subscription here uh, for the pod that, that, that we would use. I would be sure to hit all of your shutter exclusives. Um, I know we usually hit them anyway, but still uh, <laughs> send it our way. Care packages, ahoy. Colton classic podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'm going to move to Jeffrey. I want to save myself for last. Uh, and Jeff, you've been with us, uh, like, like all of us, pretty much since the beginning. And I, you might have actually been, you or Mandy, I think might be close to tied for the most episodes of all. I think you might have tipped it. Um, but uh, which are your tops and which are the ones that you still haven't forgiven me for? You know, it's kind of interesting, like, uh, considering I've seen, been here the most, there's a bunch of movies that I uh, I hadn't seen that were on other people's lists, like uh, Terror Vision. Like, I, I feel like I got to go back and watch that based on, Please the, do. Uh, you absolutely based on this should. episode here. <laughs> um, but for mine, um, if it, there's like a couple things, like there are a couple things that like, you know, like when you first asked that kind of like my initial, initial reaction, uh, like bad channels. I don't know why, because it's not even it's not even a movie. Like you can't no. even call it a movie. It's, it's like yeah. it's 
I don't know. It makes me like happy when I think about it. It's a bunch because uh, it it's so me... 80s slash 90s. And the music, do, the music is great, except for one song, which shall not be named by me. Oh, whatever, um, Nate. I have it, I have it on vinyl. It's a great album. You can still find it. Um, and it's a collection of music videos with basically a teaser trailer for Dollman at the end. Um, and that's and they called it a movie. Um, but you know, it's I understand. Yeah. It just I don't know. It just makes me. It just makes so. But that's not on the list. That's not that's not the, one of the picks. Um, I, I kind of try to to go through the list and come up with some sort of criteria. Uh, for my, I'll start with my hated because the the hated was uh, I I had because there's so many things. If you watch the podcast, I'm like the jaded asshole. I don't like anything, um, and so the I had to pick something. And and the criteria was like if I was in a theater, somebody was like guarding the door. <laughs> uh, what movie would be playing that I would fight my way out? And I hate violence, <laughs> but I like but I would be required to use violence to escape this film. Alexander. Um, <laughs> uh, so I picked- Be careful what you wish for, Tad. Hell on a Shelf, for one. Uh, Which one? I, Hell, Hell on a, a Shelf. shelf. Uh, that I is the Mark Polonia recent release, yes. Cut someone to not watch another minute of that film. Um, there are things like Shark Exorcist, which are bad, but I could watch that movie. Uh, Hell on the Shelf. I, I even one more frame of that and I'm I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. Um produced and, by uh SRS uh owner Subrosa Studios, uh owner Ron Bonk, a filmmaker who we will feature here as well. Uh I don't think he'd be offended uh by your feelings, but uh yeah, Hell on a Shelf was a tough one. It was it was weird. It was like they filmed it on a weekend without a script, uh between other movies that had a little more script it was so so unwatchable and then the other one uh, partially just for uh you know the controversy here i'm gonna pick mcmurderer i would i would just to avoid uh, 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 seeing the weird uh i knew even, it that one's even it. short but I, i'm i'm getting out of that i'm getting out of that theater you well know, here's the thing you're not being, oh, you're not being controversial by saying you hate it well, in I this room, in this room, I I'm it. outnumbered. So, <laughs> so I want to. One person so hasn't is, seen it, and two people like it. I'm outnumbered. I was waiting here. for this. I was waiting for this because. <laughs> oh um, yeah. Because I uh, yesterday, in fact, or the day before, was lucky enough to receive uh, the brand new feature length film from McMurder creator and director <laughs> Janice Dot yes. uh Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars. Oh, and wow. I'm just gonna now you guys can pick this up. Go online. Um it, it's it's I don't even know how to tell you it's it's so great. Um I want it's dark hollow films but you can go check out uh Instagram Janice J J A N I C E dot click C L I C K and get it. Also uh Janice dot click put out Mega Cursed which is is new as well, which is a sort of mashup collection strung together of many Janice Click projects. Uh, we will be talking about- oh my, I'm um, sure I'd hate those. We <laughs> are gonna, he also, uh, Janice was super kind and literally sent a massive stack of different stickers specifically for Jeff. Mm, uh, yes. Yep, he, he went back and listened to make sure that, that he got it right. So Jeff, those are on the way to you. Uh, I just wanna read you guys, because uh, Tad and I, 
were the ones with Jeff when we reviewed McMurder in our uh, our last short yeah, compilation episode. Yeah, and I'm episode. still certain you guys are insane. It happened. It is. I don't know. So some, there's something I, I biologically you guys, wrong going on here. Listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode or you don't remember that episode, please, please, please go check it out again um, because it is. I, I it's it's. I'm not being crazy. I really, I really love McMurderer. Um, I'll second and- that. That was, I think, one of the funniest fucking episodes to listen to, having not been there. Um, it's episode I went, number 42. I, yeah. <laughs> I went and l- watched McMurder as soon as it was. I was done listening, because I'm like, oh my, like, I have to, like, <laughs> I have to. So I just want to, just to sell the rest of you listeners as well um, on this this new movie from Janice Dot Click, uh, which has quite a story behind it, Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars, and 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 I'm I'm this is it sounds like a joke because it is a funny you know weird comedic movie but Janice Stucklick's visuals in his films are it's it's art like it's really really wild um, but this is this is what it is this is the tagline don't miss the pornographic thrill ride of the year get sucked and chucked while you watch a bunch of dumb emo kids get murdered by a scarecrow from Mars follow a drugged out investigator while he searches for his son. See two corn on the cobs make passionate love in this action-packed movie. That is the description. That is a synopsis for Janice.click's Attack of the Scarecrow from Mars. I ah, cannot shucks. wait. We will absolutely <laughs> ah, when, we will absolutely when. be covering it on the pod. So anyway, uh, McMurderer. Yeah, uh, I already forgot everything that happened before McMurder was mentioned on this episode. Um, <laughs> What? Is well, that why what? you had me go last? Is it- <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start from the top. Tad, what were your favorites? I like to play Mandy's thing. Let me play Mandy's clip. Yeah, no. So, what was your what was your other worst, Jeff? Uh, <laughs> Hell on a shelf. Oh, Hell on a shelf. Yeah. So it's interesting because Hell on a shelf. So I'm a little surprised you actually didn't pick uh, a very recent episode, Legend of the Chupacabra. Mm, yeah, that, that um, was just too too obvious. Uh, the hell on a shelf was like the first it's kind of like you you never forget your first um and uh... <laughs> so here's the thing both I, I the reason i, I think about it is because legend and i didn't pick either of those films either um but i do have similar views not as harsh but i am a mark polonia fan and, uh but i understand they have they're just they're just really dull to watch um, there is like a, a starting point of A and an ending point of Z, but like they they're just they're just dull. There's not enough happens. There's not enough visual interest. Um, uh, Hell on a Shelf actually looks technically competent. Um, Legend of the Chupacabra maybe a little less so, uh, but it does have you know some some monster effects in there that are pretty good. But they're just they don't have anything going for them. It seems like they're really struggling to build steam, and they they can't even get any built up to keep up. Um, but that's also kind of why I didn't choose those films for my worst, uh, because it's sort of like, a, as you say, it's sort of too obvious. It's an innocuous bad film. There are lots of bad films that are boring, especially indie films, because they don't have they don't have the crutch of being able to rely on big fancy effects or or cinematography or acting, etc. Um, but I'm, I'll start with my my tops here. Uh, and I uh, didn't follow my own rules. Do, I, do uh, I get to do I get to put in my my top films? Oh, I'm so sorry. You see, you yeah. screwed up my order. Um, yeah. All I cared about was you saying McMurderer. Um, that was what I was waiting for. <laughs> I, I realized that. I didn't realize I had, uh, you know, 
stepped into your trap there. No, that's yeah. okay, Jeff. You <laughs> I, very much, I very much appreciate it. Uh, Jeff, what are your tops from the first hundred episodes of Colton Classic Podcast? All right. Unfortunately, since I go last, there's no way that I was going to say something that somebody hasn't already said. Uh, I'd say my number one is all about evil. Uh, I don't like Yay. horror like at all, but I love this film. I love the creator. I wish I was lucky like Nate and got to to um, uh, meet Peaches Christ and uh, uh, interview Josh. But, you know, I didn't. Uh, you know, he's uh, he, he gets all the luck. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just a really smart film. Like it, you know, the it isn't a horror genre, but it's just uh, it's just such an intelligently written film that's just so interesting from beginning to end um and is really well acted um so you know that that's a brilliant film that everybody should go and watch um the other film is uh, a little bit more mainstream uh barb and star i don't know this this movie just like you know hit hit my funny bone in the right place um and like i didn't expect it at all like it just came from out of nowhere i hadn't even heard about it i thought it was like a joke like when when Nate put it up I was like we don't do like you know good mainstream films and so like we, we <laughs> somehow I didn't hear about it and then it came up on this podcast and it was just it was a delight um and then I'd say I'd give a you know an honorable mention to one thing that I don't think anybody's mentioned would be the influencer um I was also Andy very surprised it. by that Mandy also um, gave it a, a, a an honorable mention as well yeah, I thought I thought the um, it was it was uh, executed with craft, um, and you know for for essentially you know no real budget, um, they really made something that was quite watchable and entertaining and uh, fun. I just want to I just want to share for those listening that Greg looked at the camera and I looked and I saw his face and I assumed he was looking at me. And so I made a face and then I realized that he was in no way likely looking at me uh, because we're on zoom and not in person. And that's not how zoom works. But anyway, <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. Barb and star. I also wonder, uh, and interestingly enough, I chose Barb and star because, um, uh, I went on my Instagram feed as I do every morning because I am, uh, a product of our time and, <laughs> doomed to the dust but uh i i saw that um uh, peaches christ had actually just posted like this like i love this movie this was such a, a bright shun sunshine and at that moment i was like i could use some bright sunshine so let's pull it and that's exactly what it is it made me happy and i think i i wonder too how much in during you know the pandemic and our god-awful uh politics here in the united states um i can't I wonder how much that movie actually sort of reached above what it would have gotten station wise in the mainstream because we just needed something that was not so damn negative and we could just, you know, have some pleasantness in our lives. Uh, and it does have real emotion and fun in it as or you know, and, and, and things in it as well, but it's a comedy and it's just very nice. Absolutely wonderful. Great performances across the board. Just um, joy, just the feeling of joy. Yeah, yeah. just a happy movie. Um, and having spent years in the Midwest as well, I, I also uh, saw a lot of things that I'm like, I don't miss that, uh, but that's real <laughs> funny. Uh, <clears throat> and seeing Fortune Themes through even in a bit part is always a good time too. So, all right. Are you finally done, Jeff? 
No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You, you can. It's your podcast. You can cut me off I, whenever you want. I, I, okay. You know. <laughs> Well, I, I tried. Nate, Nate, I know <laughs> what yours are. You're, you're tough as all of them. You hate none of them. Your choices are infallible. Anyway, we're done. <laughs> yeah, no, I just wanted you all to go first so I could tell you you're wrong. Um, yeah, no, I actually, I actually, uh, I'd say, I'd say I try and get a good like 70, 30. No, actually, that's not true. I try and get a 50, 50 split of movies that I am already aware of and have experienced. Um and that way I can, I can generally pair something that at least one of the two films in our pairings, the mainstream and cult films, uh, everyone on the pod will at least enjoy to some extent. They may not love it. They may not even like it, but they, you could still enjoy something that you're like, that was a bad movie. Um, but there are some times when a pairing comes along and it's too perfect or it's requested or um, uh, distributors sent it to us um, very kind and we want to give them the time of day to, to really tell listeners whether we think it's it's worth picking up or checking out. Um, but so I, I tried and picked films. I tried to pick films of my top and bottoms that I didn't necessarily know. Uh, I hadn't experienced before. I may have known about them. Um, and so because of that, there are some films uh, that I absolutely adore that didn't make my top list. Um, and I think everyone should see. Uh, and that, of course, is all about evil and prevenge, particularly, uh, as well as The Influencer, which was a recent watch for us. Um, it's been mentioned now. Um, the Influencer, super awesome. Uh, Days Eagle Films, um, Megan Weinstein, check out uh hopefully she'll be on the pod in the future but check out the influencer it's a lot of fun and it's smart which is you know that's nice these days i feel like a lot of things that i see are not very smart uh so my tops here and i do have honorable mentions as well because i don't follow my own rules either uh glad i can lead by example uh let's see i spreadsheet it out because apparently i'm a nerd so i actually picked of my two tops I actually have two films for the first slot in that. So, and the reason I pair them together is because I think they really hit the same itch um, for me, which is sort of a dark thrill film, uh, thriller, but also sort of a, a bleak understanding of our current world. And I enjoyed those movies. Uh, and those two are, are Cruising, which we did in episode five with Al Pacino from Exorcist director William Friedkin, uh, and uh, Nightcrawler from 2014 with Jake uh, Gyllenhaal. Uh, I, these two films I adore. Um, they're both, they both, I feel like, are very similar in vibe. If you like something, the, the sort of tone of drive per se, with Ryan Gosling, you'll probably like these movies. Nightcrawler, of course, the story of a, of a sociopathic um, uh, con man who makes it in the, um, the nightcrawling world of, of filming accidents and crimes and things. Uh, it's just an absolutely stunning film. It's beautiful. Jake Gyllenhaal gives, to me, the, perform like the kind of performance that, you know, that's what lands you on the actor's studio, you know, in, in 1995. Like, the really good stuff it's just it's hard to i i saw a recent interview with him where he said that it actually affected him afterward going into other roles and i can see that because he clearly embodied that character to an extent that it, it would probably alter your behavior for a while um and i don't know if if 
you know, those of you who are watching this somewhere down the road, I may or may not be alive. There's a cat on the screen uh, or Tad is being attacked by a Tribble. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Cruising, of course, is a very controversial film, especially at the time, less so now, but it documented um, on film in the background of a, of a sort of detective thriller, a the New York leather scene, um, the, the, the queer leather scene. And it is not as technically sound as Nightcrawler, um, but the combination of what I think was quite well executed plot, despite the fact that there were lots of production problems that caused certain things to be just a little off. Um, certain scenes maybe were less clear than they should be, or um, certain scenes were cut altogether because of filming issues and, and picketers and things. Um, even with that, you have a stellar cast, you have really great directing, um, and you have a, a, an ending that I found very, very tragic, but also very, very powerful. And I think that it deserves to be revisited and seen uh, as perhaps a product with, with some cultural problems, but uh, it also has some historical significance, if nothing else, in cataloging the leather scene of that time. So Cruising and Nightcrawler, I put them right on the same bar together. If you like one, I think you should check out the other and vice versa. Uh, the second film that uh, occupies my slot two of the best, which I, this is one that surprised me, uh, was for our anime episode 37, uh, Go Shogun Time Atranger. I, this movie, it was like if somebody took um, the Dexter's Lab intellectual property and made a sort of scary unsettling drama out of it um and the reason i say that is because go shogun it, it was a tv series an animated anime series for children about a giant robot um force that fought villains right like it's been done a million times not that it wasn't good in its own right but it was very voltron uh and then when the film is done it is, there is no giant robot. They literally said, no, no, all of the characters are here after the robot. There is no robot in this movie. The ghost Shogun that people assumed was the robot is not in this film. Uh, instead, we get this like visions of death laden, um, dreamlike surreal Jacob's Ladder imagery with a story uh, about uh, 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 our team being trapped on a planet uh, that is very foreign to Western audiences uh, and is controlled by sort of a, a, a hive mind. And uh, our lead character is the token female of the group of which in the series, she was in many ways a token female character as we got from all sorts of 90s animated series, Western um, and, and uh, Japanese and Eastern and so on. And we, they gave her full character full character. We have disturbing scenes where she has visions of being murdered uh, and, and raped by the entire city. We have uh, of being attacked by a, a Dracula-esque uh, panther lion beast. Um, just, I mean, it's really, really excellent. I was totally blown away. Um, it's the kind of, it's unsettling. It's not for kids, uh, but, and it, and it used characters from a property that um, no one expected this from. And uh, I, I give it credit on so many levels for breaking so many boundaries. And I just think the story is really good. It is not an obvious story. You have to pay attention. And I, 
I don't think any of us expected it from that movie. Um, and then I'm going to go to uh, my honorable mentions. I have a few honorable mentions for the top uh, beyond those I already talked about. McMurderer is, of course, in there. Go check out McMurderer. I think it's even still on YouTube. I'm not sure, but, you know, visit Janice.click on Instagram. If not, check it out. Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility. Uh, Tad and I watched that one along with Blade Runner and Final Cut. And it is it is a masterclass in no budget filmmaking. If you want to see what can be done with clips off YouTube and uh, and some some friends and some stick to itiveness to make a movie that actually made me laugh a couple of times and is just entertaining. Um, and and Jordan, who made the film, is actually working on the sequel right now, uh, and he's been kind enough to send some um, some preliminary work that he's done. It it just looks so much. I mean, elevated to the next level, and yet still has that charm of sort of rob shrab-esque uh robot bastard kind of vibe just really fun um those are my uh two of my honorable mentions the third honorable mention i am sad that no one else mentioned but one of my favorite films that we've done is the boxer's omen uh this was episode 39 it is a martial arts horror film uh from believe hong kong and it is there are several sort of in its unofficial series uh, from the 80s. It is so friggin' cool. The visuals in this movie, at one point, they cut open a giant alligator to pull out like a witch lady. To be honest, the plot makes very little sense. I don't remember much of it aside from really steamy sex scenes and um, and just, just grody, like slime-filled monster attack scenes, cackling um black magicians uh and just just it was wild it's so much fun i mean if you like horror if you like visuals um you have to watch the boxer's omen if you haven't seen it i think it's 1986 i could be wrong if i don't have the note in front of me but um check it out super fun it's a shaw brothers film uh so it's it's kind of magical tad you want to chime in on that one you didn't say hey, Tad, give me two honorable mentions. Otherwise, it would have been one of my first ones because it's a movie that's stuck with me so long. Um, it's visually uncomfortable at times, but stunning at the same time. It's very hard to describe. It's body horror, but it's body horror to an extent that even Videodrome couldn't achieve. It's disgusting, but you just can't stop appreciating the amount of work the Shaw Brothers put in to give you that visceral, uncomfortable, comfy feel i don't even know what the what a proper term would be i bet the french have a proper term for that feeling <laughs> yeah uh, uh uh gross gross on we uh train wreck viewing i don't know um yeah no it's 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 fantastic and like you said it is body horror but it's sort of like body horror with to put it in terms that i think more uh of our millennial and, and gen z listeners would get it's sort of body horror but with an anime vibe instead of a Cronenberg vibe because yeah, it's a, it's not a... flesh it's colored like there's lots of greens and yellows very vibrant even though it's 50 percent in the dark it's uh very spiritual cool. horror as well just like yes. when I described Exorcist 3 Exorcist 3 is a thriller but there is an, an aspect of spiritual horror if you are in any way spiritual or religious the movie makes you very uncomfortable Boxer's Omen will do the same thing to you Yep, and that was uh, that was another one I was considering putting on my list is Legion or Exorcist Three. Uh, I'm a big fan of that one, but I chose a different William Friedkin movie. Uh, actually, sorry, that was a William uh, Peter Blatty film, but Friedkin did the first Exorcist. I'm droning. We're gonna move to my 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 least favorites. I'm gonna give you the two runner ups for my least favorites first. Um, <laughs> Catwoman with Halle Berry. 
is a runner up for the worst. It is, I mean, is it watchable? Yeah. Is it a bad level in every single, every single thing, except for the 3D work? The actually, the 3D work surprisingly holds up um, compared to a lot of other films uh, that, that are post-dated. It holds up. But the amount of inbred misogyny that's subtly laced in that, you know, 2000s era movie is just, I mean, for those of you who either haven't watched it in many years or never have seen it, the scene where Halle Berry escapes from the jail cell, leaps out onto the street uh, with her bum in the air, and then gets goosed by a Cadillac. Um, and just we get the shot of her just all just all TNA from the front getting goosed by a Cadillac was just <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that as like a, a, a straight man, it wasn't entertaining. But I'm like this, you shouldn't do Halle Berry this way. This is not, is this really what this movie was supposed to be? It's just, just, just terrible. She chose her fate. I mean, hey, I, I. She I could have been in Daredevil instead. That was much better, right? <laughs> you know what? Yes, it was. It absolutely was. I'm oh. going to defend that Mark Stevens in that one because it was, it was far superior. Um, but yeah, Catwoman's a bad movie. Uh, it's real you bad. Know, I'm just saying we don't like cat films on the Colton Classic podcast. I mean, I own cats. I, I absolutely adored it. I hate the show. I loved the, the movie. It was, a, I mean, it just, it was, yeah, it's like watching one of those gifts that you don't know where it came from, but it's so disturbing that you're like, who made this? Is this from something or did somebody just imagine this? Uh, the other honorable mention for worst, uh, and this one is one of those that hurts me to do a bit, is Infinite Santa 8000, the animated uh, Christmas-themed film in a post-apocalyptic future where Santa Claus defeats an evil um, mechanical genius. Uh, um, the problem with this one uh, is, on paper, everything was lined up to be great. Um, you have you have wonky sort of hand-drawn images. Um, you know, limited motion, very adult swim, and you have driving, grinding, um, death metal backtracks, really gruesome, ugly, post-apocalyptic, um, maybe heavy metal 2000-esque vibe, uh, dystopian visuals. But the there is no plot. Also, there's no humor. And the humor really would have helped because if you look at something like even, I mean, heavy, the original heavy metal film, like there is satire at least in there and infinite Santa just really doesn't have any of that. It's just all the surface visual. Um, and unfortunately that surface visual gets reused a lot. The there's actually much less gore than I, I there should be um, or reused gore assets. So it becomes less visually appealing. Uh, it was just a disappointment. Um, I, I certainly don't begrudge uh, the makers in any way. I actually super hope and I would probably back uh, a new project from them uh, if someone were to put it forward uh, because I think that there's a lot of potential there but the film itself was mm, it was hard to finish uh, which when you have like robo Santas chopping through elves and, and or reindeer whatnot you should not say it's hard to watch that should be an easy sell okay so that brings me to my two worst of the worst <clears throat> um and I actually, I say this first one lovingly. This was in our very first episode paired with Exorcist 3. It's, it's Donald Farmer's Shark Exorcist. Um, I am a little baffled by this. And, and I, I picked my two worst films for the same reason, each, each of them. I chose them for the same criteria. Um, it's interesting because when we watched Shark Exorcist, I'd seen it before. 
Uh, I did watch it a second time. Uh, I did not find it an easier watch the second time. Uh, Jeff said that he could watch it again, that he actually, and he did rewatch certain scenes because he's trying to figure it out. It, that boggles my mind because the core problem with Shark Exodus, and we, we stand Donald Farmer here. Donald is great. He was the first interview on this podcast that brought him in really fun guy. Awesome. Awesome. So still making tons of movies. Um, in fact, Shark Exorcist 2, I think, launches later this year. Uh, I know um, uh, uh, the, the beautiful and talented Jessa Flux is going to be in it, uh, who, Jessa, if you, if you hear this, I would love to have you on the pod to talk about all your great film projects lately. But that said, Shark Exorcist has no narrative. It is a complete nightmare of continuity, storytelling scene design um i remember and i I, i'm so sorry send me another message uh on instagram or gmail to to remind me who you are um i know one listener out there sent me a a note long after the episode aired because we were talking about there is a character played by an adult woman who play pretends to be like a mentally a differently abled woman with some mental issues who is seduced by the lead who's becoming a possessed shark lady to go into a pool and so we watch this presumably uh differently abled woman donna bikini and then swim around the pool while she is essentially sexually harassed by a, a shark lady and then and then it's a dream I, I don't and that's that's it that's never revisited um there's no indication like that's the kind of thing that it sounds maybe a little better when I say it than it actually is to watch. But somebody sent me a message and said, yeah, I don't know what the hell that was about either. Um, but she's one of the, she helps produce the show, the specially disabled person. She's not actually disabled in real life, uh, I, I believe, or differently able to whatever the, the PC term is there these days. But um, yeah, Shark Exorcist will not end. It has as many endings as the Lord of the Rings uh, 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 film trilogy uh it it has a prolonged um i I don't know if it's a fuzzy fetish moment at at the post credit scene right uh where uh, a young woman just either steals or buys a shark plushie from an aquarium that seems situated in in a in a mall a shopping mall and just rubs it over her body before putting it in her backpack like i mean this is just there is a shark and there is an exorcism um at one point in the movie but they're relatively unrelated to the rest of the film and uh i just and it's not even i'm not going to rip on the cast there are some cast members there who've done other films uh who actually were were very successful um <laughs> successfully pulled off their roles uh i just don't know what the thought was i don't know that there was really a plot i urge people to listen to that first episode uh it's great um we talk about the great exorcist 3 and we actually have video clips in that before youtube decided it was much too difficult to monetize those for us uh and we dropped those but you know shark exorcist is just a nightmare um not in the way that you would want a horror movie to be it's just very hard to watch i struggled through it it is an experience i own it it is on the shelf behind me in the studio very happy to own it very proud of owning it very excited to see the sequel which we will certainly talk about here but it is undoubtedly to me one of the worst films we've watched on this podcast let me me create create a cover i was not doing an endorsement earlier i was merely saying that like (laughs) If I was physically forced to watch it, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like feel the need to like violently escape. 
full, full disclosure here, here's, guys. Not here's a the day thing goes by. It. Not a day goes by where I don't receive a text message from Jeff saying, "Hey, can you send me Donald Farmer's address? I have this letter. I I don't want to I don't want to come across too strong." Uh, but anyway, yeah, super fan here. Uh, no, see, the thing is, is as mad it is, as it is, I don't think I, any of us have deciphered what was going through the heads of the people <laughs> no. making it. And no. so it's this weird puzzle that, like, I'm, <laughs> which is why I rewatched certain scenes when we, we did this the first time, because it doesn't make any sense. And I can't actually figure out what the people making it were thinking. And that, I don't know, is a curiosity of some sense. Yeah, Anyways, so all just I can wanted think to of, when, when we're when we're when you go to that beach scene, oh my god, we're actually doing like a redo of the shark exorcist. <laughs> when you when you have when you watch somebody basically lay on grass near like what what looks to be like a sewage treatment plant, which is a, which I'm assuming, assuming is supposed to be a beach, that screams to me, I can't afford to film at an actual beach. This is good enough. That should not have happened. Well, I think I, I'm not sure. I think it was mostly filmed in Tennessee, if memory serves. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but um, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, there are lakes. There are real lakes with real beaches you could film at. Well, you're you're missing the best part of that scene. Is that <laughs> that's when we get um, what's the what is it? Dirty Dad, Creepy Dad, or something is the only credited name of the oh character my that God. just walks around the lounging woman taking cell phone shots of it while yeah. she's not looking the scene is so long too it's so it's long. and i don't and i don't think either of them are attacked by a shark right is she eaten by a shark at the end i can't remember i don't think um, anyone is eaten by a shark until the like beginning and the end of the movie there's i i don't I, you know watch shark exorcist guys Just <laughs> <laughs> please explain to us what happens in the film because we didn't watch figure shark it out <laughs> um so so here here's to the number one um, what I consider the most offensively bad movie that we have covered. And I am, I am really shocked that no one else chose this actually. Um, it is, it is Glenn Danzig's Verotica. Now. Oh, don't you talk shit, Nate. Oh, shit. oh, please talk shit. That movie was terrible. What are you Lame neck breaker. Come on. It is one of the, see, here's the thing about shark exorcist shark exorcist was made, I don't believe that Donald Farmer expected he was in any way going to make an Emmy award-winning film when he made Shark Exorcist. Um, he was making a movie for people like us who consume movies with titles like Shark Exorcist, much as he's always done. I mean, when his first six film success in the in the video store rental days, Cannibal Hookers, and then his remake, also with Jessup Flux, was, I mean, he knows what he's doing. I, I don't think that, like, it sort of goes to Jeff's point. There is a mystery about Shark Exorcist that I don't really... I want to know. I want to know. And I think that there is, there's potentially more there than I understand. Verotica, there is zero, zero chance that there is more there to understand. It is a collection of visuals that just have the, the, we I'm know getting, exactly what I'm we're getting, getting flustered. I'm getting flustered because it is like Shark Exorcist. There is a complete dismissal of narrative structure. Unlike Shark Exorcist, I know for a fact that there's no understanding that they don't understand narrative structure. Absolutely. It is, it's, its failings are due to complete incompetence. Now, Glenn Danzig, I, you know what? I'm a huge Misfits fan. 
you can absolutely come on the pod anytime. You can please, you can please. do whatever you you can say you want to eat my brains with a spoon on the top of my skull. I don't give a shit. I am I am too I would love to have you on. I'm very much looking forward to your new film, which is is you know, you're showing around uh oh at um at uh, festivals and things a death rider in the house of vampires i would love to we'll love to review it as soon as we can we will uh, if you've got a if you'd like screener copies send them to us glenn because we will 100 watch the shit out of those but verotica is awful it is straight up awful now it's wise to have put the strongest short first because it is an anthology um but by the time we get to the third the first one has a beginning and an end does it have an arc no uh woman gets bit by spider spider becomes giant neck breaker that comes to life after she goes to sleep and kills prostitutes who want to do it in the butt i mean that's uh, it sounds crazy when i say it that's i mean you kind of have to watch it just for like the the drawn on french mustache i mean yeah. that's like that's solid gold right there in i my mean I, I laughed mean, for hours and i mean there there are effects there are beautiful women there are lots of um if those of you who are are big fans of um of adult uh, film there are, are many uh, contemporary recognizable adult actors in this movie but um, then we get to the second short which um, I think uh, new to film plays the lead a, uh, a, a an exotic dancer who um, skins the faces off people that has no ending um, it, it just it just it's stops just... Um, and then the final short is the most mind-boggling it's just like 30 minutes of uh of i believe she's she's playing elizabeth bathory bathing in a tub of blood occasionally murdering another woman i think parker love bowling is in there for parker love bowling fans i i mean i just and am i do do i not own it no of course i own veronica it's sort of like owning the room like you can't not own veronica um but can we also talk about the lack of actual danzig music in oh, it? that's what i pointed out i'm like what I'm, the fuck is all the danzig music in his movie so it's it's really i mean i guess it's one of those movies that it's just like anything i think these movies on the worst list and the best list should both be watched like because it's two extremes right incredible success utter disappointing failure flaming um, plane crash i mean and so so i i wholeheartedly i had to think hard but my my choices for the utter bottom of erotic and shark exorcist are i think they're pretty sound um i think everybody had merits in theirs except for greg who chose his just to spite me um, <laughs> And uh, but no, seriously, it's it's those are some those are some bad movies. Um, but again, winning an award is always worth it, right? So um, I award to all of our tops uh, and all of our bottoms the Colton Classic Podcast uh, Achievement Awards, and to all of our honorable mentions the Colton Classic Podcast Rising Stars Awards. So thank you, filmmakers, fans, actors, producers, uh, soundtrack um performers sound editors gaffers pas uncredited pas uh people who didn't get credited because their friends uh sort of drifted off and into la la land and you never were like hey why didn't you put my name in the credits of that film that i have a burned copy of all of those people thank you guys for making stuff like this possible uh even thanks to the big studios who do some great stuff on occasion i really appreciate it and most of all 
Uh, I, of course, appreciate our guests. And I appreciate you guys, the listeners. This is not a joke. This is something that we started in the middle of lockdown and the pandemic. Uh, we'd wanted to do something for a long time. I'd wanted to put something together. Uh, the opportunity finally arose when I could do nothing else. And it has grown too big to fail, essentially. Um, we, are, we are certainly uh, growing, but not huge. Uh, so we can absolutely use your recommendations. Send a link to friends. If you think you have anyone who might like it, um, uh, I'll be your friend. So if they hate it and they don't want to talk to you, I'll talk to you. Just email us, cultingclassicpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, we take requests. If you have films, student films, professional films, short films, whatever, send it to us. Send us a link. Talk to us about it. We'd love to cover it on the pod. Write a review wherever you get our podcast. Follow us uh, and subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, which, as I said, will be getting updated with every single episode uh, in the near future. Colton Classic Podcast is what we're on there. And uh, remember, Tad loves hate mail. Send it to Colton Classic Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and, and maybe we'll read it on the air. I would, I would be totally down to do that. Oh, that would uh, be so much fun. If it's directed to Tad, CC me in on the hate mail too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that is going to be it for this 100th special episode of Colton Classic Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We certainly have enjoyed all 100 episodes, plus the stuff we've recorded that you haven't heard yet. (laughs) Uh, And I want to say thank you. We look forward to growing with you. Can't wait to see what the new, uh, okay, the rest of the year brings. Please, to play us out as always. The Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.